Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 23 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This episode contains distressing themes, explicit language and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. An 83-year-old man is murdered while walking his dogs in a rural area of Norfolk. His injuries were so severe that investigators believed he had been attacked by his own dogs. The pensioner's catastrophic wounds were not caused by an animal, but rather someone who was still at large. See, I would suggest to you there's nothing random about it. You have an interest in knives and weaponry and militaria. You have an interest in dissection, killing. It's not random. On a clear Saturday morning, 
August 5th, 2017. A couple were out for a walk in an area known as the Heath. Situated three miles south of East Harling in Norfolk, the Heath was a popular trail for quiet walks. But the route had a dark history. Almost a decade and a half earlier, a 71-year-old woman was found afraid and alone, walking along the tree-lined path. She had been raped and beaten by a teenager in an attack that lasted 20 minutes. The offender escaped justice, and the tragedy left a mark on the serene area. Once again in 2017... The Heath was the scene of another violent assault on an elderly person. At around 10.45am, Anne and Nigel Precious were walking along the beaten path when they came across what they thought was an injured man. He was lying under some brambles. His feet could be seen from the path as could two dogs who stayed close by. Anne Precious presumed the elderly man had fallen over, so she bent down to help him. The pair were horrified to see blood around his neck and bloody tracks across the path beside his body. They called 999 to report the discovery, and officers from the Norfolk Constabulary were dispatched to the scene immediately. PC Andrew London was among the first officers to arrive. He noted a large pool of blood on the side of the track, and the elderly male victim had a gaping wound to his neck. Officers initially believed that the man had been attacked by an animal, maybe one of his own dogs who was still lingering nearby. For this reason, a murder inquiry was not immediately launched. The victim's remains were removed pending a post-mortem examination, which would be conducted by Dr Virginia Fitzpatrick Swallow of the Home Office. The victim's wife had come to the Heath to look for her husband when he failed to arrive home on time for lunch. Anne Wrighton saw the emergency response vehicles and instinctively knew that something had happened to her partner, 83-year-old Peter. Peter and Anne had been married for almost 60 years. They knew each other's routines inside out, and Anne thought it unusual that Peter had not returned home with the dogs. Peter always woke up early on Saturdays to feed the birds in the garden. He would take their dogs to the heath in his red Skoda Fabia, and then return home around 11am to have lunch with his wife. By 11.45 Anne knew something must have happened, so she drove to Harling Heath to look for him.
The next day, a post-mortem was carried out on Peter Wrighton's remains. It was not an animal attack as first surmised. Peter had sustained up to 45 knife wounds during what was perceived to be a rapid and frenzied assault. There were injuries to Peter's eyes, face, head and nine stab wounds to his neck and throat. He had 22 defensive injuries on his arms and hands, indicating he had tried to fight off his attacker. Still, the evidence led the pathologist to believe that Peter had initially been attacked from behind, without warning. Pathologist Dr Fitzpatrick Swallow found that the fatal injury was a severe neck wound. It had been inflicted with such force that the carotid artery had been severed completely. This major artery supplies blood to the brain from the heart. Even a minor cut to this vessel could cause catastrophic blood loss. The discs between the vertebrae at the back of Peter's neck were also cut, with the killer almost decapitating him. Following the post-mortem, a murder inquiry was initiated. Chief Superintendent Mike Fawcett provided an update on the investigation. It is a quiet area, East Harling. Uh, we've got a, a visible policing presence there. The, uh, the scene of this murder is uh, currently uh, cordoned off by uniformed police officers. We have a mobile police unit down at the scene and will remain uh, visibly present within the area to reassure the, the public uh, community throughout the investigation. We want to hear from anybody with any information who uses that area regularly to walk dogs, anybody who knows anything, any snippet of information, if they call uh, 101, the police on 101 or 999, or Crime Stoppers, and if they call 101 or 999, uh, they can quote Operation Graduate, uh, which is the investigative name for this operation. It's early stages of this investigation. We're putting this information out to the public because they, to make sure the public are aware of the information, but also to seek any witnesses for this, for this brutal attack. Peter Wrighton was formally identified at Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital. The police appealed to the public to report anything they found to be suspicious and urged those in the surrounding area to check their bins and gardens for a possible murder weapon. Detectives had struggled to come up with a motive for the attack. Peter was not robbed or sexually assaulted. Fifty officers were assigned from Norfolk Constabulary to try and find out who would want to kill an elderly dog walker. That Saturday morning was a typical one for Peter Wrighton. He had been an engineer for British Telecom for 35 years before his retirement. He woke up before his wife, fed his dogs, Gemma, a 13-year-old trailhound cross and Dylan, a 9-year-old Scartine terrier. Then he went out to the garden to feed the birds. Peter put the dogs into his car before he drove to Kenning Hall Post Office. He usually went to a local shop in Bannham where he lived. 
but Peter wanted to get some cakes for his wife as a treat. Peter Wrighton's partner Anne wrote a statement in the days following his murder. She said that he was immensely kind and never had a bad word to say about anyone. He was approachable and people warmed to him quickly. Peter retired to Norfolk during the 1980s and liked to pass the time by walking his dogs and talking to people, making friends and acquaintances along the way. Peter's family were bewildered trying to understand how and why Peter was killed just 50 yards from his car in an area he visited often. Along with Chief Superintendent Mike Fawcett, Detective Superintendent Andy Smith spoke to the media. D.S. Smith said the attack was unusual and that there was no apparent connection between the victim and the killer. It is a challenging investigation, but uh, I think for us it's that attention to detail, being as thorough and detailed as, as, as we can be, and that's why you know, my, my appeals to the, to, to the um, public through the media are, are really important. So it's, it's vital that anybody with any information, uh, no matter how in, seemingly insignificant, um, reports that to us. Police believe that if it had been a random attack, with such violence in such a public place... It was essential to find the offender quickly. Following reports of people seen in the area, the police appealed for three potential witnesses to come forward. D.S. Smith described the first as a white male in his mid-fifties with white or grey hair and was wearing heavy-rimmed glasses and light-coloured trousers. This man was seen changing his T-shirt close to the scene after the murder. The second person asked to come forward was a white male, aged 30 to 50, who was wearing dark clothing and was walking without a dog. A third person was a tanned male, aged 25 to 30, with dark hair, a short beard and dark eyes. He had been seen close to the scene wearing a grey or blue t-shirt, grey gym shorts and heavy-duty flip-flops. Chief Superintendent Mike Fawcett provided some details on Peter Wrighton and also appealed for witnesses. He was wearing blue-grey trousers and a black T-shirt and brown walking boots. He was also with his two dogs. He travelled to the location in his red Skoda Fabio. And if anybody noticed something out of the ordinary in the area between 9am and 11am, it could help us to build a bigger picture and identify a suspect. Christopher Davis had been walking his golden retriever along Harling Heath on August 5th when he crossed paths with a young man who was walking alone. Davis said that as he walked onto the heath, he could see a person around 400 to 500 yards in front of him. The man seemed to be walking directly towards him in a straight line as opposed to following the track. Christopher Davis presumed the man wanted to speak with him, but the individual walked past quickly. Davis told the police that the man looked, quote, Eastern Mediterranean. 
the witness helped to create an e-fit of the suspect. Forensic examinations of the wider scene turned up little in terms of evidence. However, a mixed DNA sample was found on the victim's trousers. Traffic stops were conducted and over 700 drivers were questioned, but the killer was still at large. Detective Superintendent Andy Smith told the Eastern Daily Press, We are extremely pleased and grateful for the response from the public yesterday at the scene, which has helped us to identify further witnesses. We have also been able to obtain extra dashcam footage which will be downloaded to assist in our investigations. In addition, we have taken over 170 calls since Wednesday from members of the public who believe they have further information and this is also greatly appreciated. Again, I would like to stress how important the public have been in helping us to identify potential key witnesses who were seen in different areas close to the murder scene on Saturday, August 5th. We are still keen to hear from any members of the public who were in this area on the relevant day and who have yet to speak to us. We still have around 100 officers working in the area, providing reassurance speaking with witnesses and conducting house-to-house and CCTV inquiries. We are also searching and forensically examining a number of locations which are linked to the ongoing investigation. And you may see officers in other parts of the country. Then, an anonymous tip came in. The caller claimed to be an army psychologist who said he knew of a man in the area who had spoken about hearing a voice in his head that encouraged him to kill others, in particular dog walkers. The caller had worked as part of the mental health team at RAF Mara where they met the man they believed could be responsible for the murder. 23-year-old Alexander Palmer. Detectives began looking into the background of Alexander Palmer. The license plate from his black Ford Focus, L666AHP, had been picked up by automatic number plate recognition cameras in the area of the Heath on the day of Peter's murder. Analysis of his phone records backed this up. Palmer also bore a striking resemblance to the e-fit created by Christopher Davis. Alexander Palmer was detained for questioning on August 12th. Palmer calmly answered queries about why he was in the area on the morning of the murder. Investigators knew a little about Palmer's mental health history from speaking with the psychologist who phoned in the tip so they questioned him about it. Just for the purposes of the DVD, Alex, can I get you to introduce yourself, please, with your full name and your date of birth? Uh, Alexander Hobbs Palmer, uh, born 8th of the 9th, 93. Thank you. Is there a different Alex? Uh, times, yes. Okay, who's he? He used to manifest himself as a physical 
hallucination. But now it's just a voice. Is he still with us? Yes. Is he here today? Yes. Where is he now? What is him here? He's there, there, is he? What, behind you, or...? It's... Yeah, like it's coming from behind me, but also in in the head. So was Alex there that day? Um... The other Alex? Uh, I, he's always there, so he's yes. always there. So he would have been with you, okay? Was he? Do you remember him talking to you on that day? No. You don't. No. But you say he talks to you every day. Yes. He's there laughing at you. Laughing. But you you say he doesn't tell you what to do. No. He doesn't force you to do things or anything like that. No. Okay. Palmer admitted that there was an ever-present voice in his head but it did not command him to do anything. He said it began as auditory and visual hallucinations of his childhood self, but with a deep voice. Palmer said little Alex used to tell him what to do. However, now the voice just laughed occasionally. Alexander Palmer was also asked about his license plate. It was personalised, that bore the number 666. Tell me about your registration plate, because that's unusual. <laughs> What's the story behind that? That's what my uh, Catholic um, grandmother-in-law keeps saying. Um, yeah. it was what, just, with the 666? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how, how did you come by that registration plate? My mum got it for my birthday. Okay, so is there any significance to the numbers? No, just no. that. I'm a little devil. <laughs> and she's just... Was that the joke, was yeah. it? Alexander Palmer was shown the e-fit made following Christopher Davis's statement. He admitted that the sketch did bear a similar likeness to him. As I said, the e-fit was prepared from a description. Have a look at that. What would you say about that? That's a pretty good likeness. Okay. Palmer acknowledged that he had been in the area at the time. He said he went to Harling Heath because he had been feeling low and it was a place that held happy childhood memories for him. Palmer stated that he felt as though he had upset his partner and he left the house to go to the area to reminisce. Investigators asked him why he did not come forward to tell the police he had been there following the public appeals. On the news, what, on television news? No, on uh, my phone. On your phone, so going through, okay. Had you taken an interest in it? I had, because it said he's Harling, and uh, I knew he's Harling. Yeah, did it say the date? Uh, I think so. Uh, I guess it would have, yeah. Yeah, okay. Did you not think at any point I would have been there on that date? Uh... No, no, I uh, didn't think about it. Do you not think to yourself, actually, I was down in the woods at that point, I better phone in and let the police know? And say what? Say I was there. As other people have been doing, many hundreds of people have been doing, phoning in about this murder. Yes. That's normal behaviour, isn't it? To phone in, I was there. Either you saw something or didn't see something. So what, can you tell me why you didn't phone in? I didn't think about it. 
officers had taken a sample of Alexander Palmer's DNA, and it matched DNA found on Peter Wrighton's trousers. When confronted with this information, Palmer offered theories as to how it may have ended up there. Can you explain to me why your DNA is on that man? I can't you don't need to know it's irrelevant where it is you say you haven't met him why is your DNA on him for instance I could have lost a hair follicle and caught on his shoe um, that's just me speculating but uh, without knowing I couldn't venture a guess okay or explain Alexander Palmer spoke about joining the Royal Marines after he left school at the age of 16. He wanted to follow in his grandfather's footsteps. Palmer was given a grade A pass to become a paratrooper and began serving in September 2010. On a night out with his workmates in Plymouth, he was assaulted and sustained severe injuries to his head and jaw. After the attack, his mental health deteriorated. Palmer said he could no longer be around people after the assault and began feeling paranoid. He was referred to the mental health team at the RAF base in Marham. He also admitted himself to a hospital in Peterborough in January 2015. As a result, he was subsequently medically discharged from the armed forces. The detective spoke about Palmer's interests and the training he had received. While in the Marines, he underwent combat training, and officers were aware he had a substantial collection of knives and an M16 rifle. Even so... Palmer maintained that it was a random coincidence that he had been in the area at the time of Peter Wrighton's murder. See, I would suggest to you there's nothing random about it. You have an interest in knives and weaponry and militaria. You have an interest in dissection and killing. It's not random. No. But it's... You've got an interest, haven't you? I do. You have a fascination, don't you? I do. There's nothing random about that, Alex. No, but it's... You collect weapons, you own weapons, you've been in the forces, you know the tactics. To me, it just seems... You know how to kill somebody, don't you? Awfully you've been trained. See it from my point of view, where I'm sitting. How does this look? Uh, it looks suspicious. Oh, it's more than suspicious, Alex. Shortly after this stage of the interview, Palmer refused to answer any further questions. I'll ask you again. Were you involved in the murder of Peter Wrighton? No comment.
Alexander Palmer was arrested on suspicion of murder and charged with the crime on August 14, 2017. Police continued to search addresses known to Palmer and other locations he was linked to. At a storage unit he rented, officers found a notepad containing some disturbing entries. They also discovered a collection of weapons at a property in Boardswell. Palmer's phone records revealed text exchanges he'd had with his girlfriend while in the Harling Heath area on the day of Peter Wrighton's murder. During a second interview, detectives confronted Palmer with transcripts of the text exchange. There had been a break in communication between the hours of 9am and 11.30am. Palmer said it was because he had no phone signal. At 11.54am, Palmer sent a message that read, After I dropped you off, everything was in a dream. Followed by a message that read, I fucking hate today. When asked what he meant, specifically about this dream, Palmer explained that he felt the same way he had when he was previously admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. A pre-trial hearing was conducted at Norwich Magistrates Court. Alexander Palmer was being held at Wyndham Police Investigation Centre. He appeared via video link to confirm his name and home address. The plea and preparation hearing was delayed when Palmer was ordered to undergo psychological examinations. On December 19th, 2017, he pleaded not guilty to the murder of Peter Wrighton. The trial had been scheduled to begin at Norwich Crown Court in early February 2018, but it was moved to the Crown Court in Nottingham. Stephen Spence for the Crown opened the proceedings by taking the jury through the events of August 5th, 2017. Spence told the jury how Peter Wrighton had started the day he was killed like any other. But when he got to Harling Heath, Peter was only a short distance from his car when he was attacked from behind. His two dogs, both much loved and senior in age, were not meant for protection, just companionship. Peter was repeatedly stabbed to the back of the neck, head, throat and through the left eye in a frenzied and unprovoked attack. Following this, his killer dragged Peter's body from the path and crudely hid it underneath some brambles. Stephen Spence said, Initial observation of Mr. Wrighton's body led the police to jump to the conclusion that he had been attacked and killed by some sort of animal. Such was the extent and appearance of the injuries to the throat, which appeared to have been ripped open. The prosecutor said that Alexander Palmer was not on the authorities' radar until a tip came in from an RAF Marum psychologist who had seen the media coverage about the case. Stephen Spence detailed conversations Palmer had with healthcare professionals about his hatred of dog walkers and how he wanted to stab them in the throat. Quote, On one occasion he told staff, When I eventually hurt someone, I know that I will plan out the method in my head go to the desired place where I wish the scene to be set, and then I will carry out the act of hurting someone. It could be anyone that it happens to. Just random. But I will have already thought about what I am going to do. The prosecutor told the jury that they would find that was a rather accurate account of what happened to Peter Wrighton on August 5th, 2017. Defence barrister David Spence QC contested that the prosecution's case was purely circumstantial. There was no direct evidence tying the defendant to the crime. However, further potential proof that Alexander Palmer sought to carry out an attack was presented in the form of a notepad found in a storage unit owned by the defendant. Several undated entries included those which read in part 
a man or woman, whichever is first. Cut the throat. No, hit over the head first. Will be easier. Eyes out to stop the fucking staring. I'm nearly ready. All this pain and hatred has been building up inside for so long. I can't stop it now, it's getting hard. Our aim is simple. Fear. To see the absolute fear in someone's eyes is the one accomplishment I wish in this life. For one day soon, I am nearly ready. I see very little point in the monotony of normal life. I look around at the other sheep and think to myself, why am I set apart from these? They sit there drinking their tea and coffee early on the Monday morning and reminisce over the weekend antics. They laugh, joke and swear over the hilarity of their own lives. And I cannot help but venture back in my mind to the one perfect moment that has defined my entire existence. In fact, with this one simple act, I have opened the eyes of every single remaining member of that family and hopefully reached at least the ears of most of the UK. Alexander Palmer had written that his quote, hard work, would be noticed, studied, revised and reenacted in the centuries to come and none would have made such a significant impact as he did. The prosecution presented medical notes from Palmer's care providers in early 2015. Psychologists had reported that Palmer said he was thinking of attacking dog walkers. He said he hated them because they were constantly muttering things about him under their breath like he was weak and ugly. Palmer had announced his plans to tie them to a fence and cut them open. He explained he would only do this to dog walkers or people going into their homes along with dogs. Palmer admitted that his plan was not without his challenges. When asked why he would kill dog walkers... Palmer said that he thought it would put him on a pedestal with the big ones and that everyone would look up to him and know his name. Psychologists had been told by Palmer that he had purchased a knife and a machete. They advised him that it was in his best interest to get rid of them. Testimony was presented that Palmer had gone to Harling Heath a month before the murders, in what the prosecution believed was some form of a reconnaissance mission. The prosecutor said that Palmer was scouting the area where he would eventually carry out his plan. Christopher Davis, who had helped to compose the e-fit of the man he saw in Harling Heath that morning, testified about the man he saw. He identified him as Alexander Palmer. Another man, Peter Bibby, said that he had been in Harling Heath at around 9.45am on August 5th, 
with his dog Nelson. Bibby recounted how he noticed a young man with short hair and, quote, Italian features. The individual seemed out of place in the forest area. He was wearing flip-flops and shorts and did not have a dog with him. When the media reported that a man named Alexander Palmer had been arrested, Peter Bibby searched for that name on Facebook. When he saw Palmer's profile photo, he was confident it was the same man he saw in Harling Heath on the morning of the murder. Anne and Nigel Precious would both take the stand and describe finding Peter Wrighton's body. Anne Precious said that she had seen two dogs running around off their leads before she saw the elderly man lying on the ground under the bushes. The witness said, I thought he had fallen over at first, and I assumed he was the owner of the dogs. I did bend down initially, and I was going to help get him up, but then I saw the injury, and I was pretty sure he was dead. And Precious's husband, Nigel, would also testify. At first, I was in a bit of shock. I thought it was a mannequin, but then reality dawned, and I realised it was a body. Peter Wrighton's head was covered by bushes but Nigel Precious saw a large open wound on the victim's neck. The court would also hear from PC Andrew London, who had arrived at the scene first. There was a large pool of blood to the side of the track. I then looked left and could see the body. When I got close to him, there was a massive part of his throat missing. I have never seen anything like it. After Peter Wrighton's body was transported to the morgue, Home Office pathologist Dr Virginia Fitzpatrick Swallow completed the post-mortem. The doctor testified about the examination conducted on August 6th, 2017. She detailed the injuries Peter Wrighton had sustained. When shown a photograph of a knife that was owned by Alexander Palmer, the expert witness was asked if the weapon could have inflicted the injuries. She said it could. Detectives who worked the case spoke about the interviews conducted with Palmer on August 12th and 13th, several days after the killing. In the interview room, Palmer admitted to hearing a voice that he said had driven him to stab himself in the sternum before the murder. A mixed DNA sample had been found on Peter Wrighton's trousers. It contained Palmer's DNA. Furthermore, traces of Peter Wrighton's DNA had been found on a jacket belonging to Palmer. The defendant had not been wearing it at the time of the murder, but it was believed it had been transferred after the attack. The prosecution theorised that Palmer's DNA was transmitted onto the victim's trousers as he dragged him into the bushes.
when all of the evidence was presented and the prosecution rested before final arguments. Defence counsel David Spence QC told the court that the defendant would not be testifying. In closing, Spence told the jury that the notes written by his client were a form of therapy to allow Palmer to get his thoughts out. They were not a blueprint of his intended actions. The barrister also remarked that the prosecution's claim that Palmer was involved because his DNA was found on the victim's trousers was fanciful. His client and Peter Wrighton could have easily crossed paths that caused an innocent transfer of DNA. The evidence from the pathologist seemed to suggest that Peter Wrighton had been attacked from behind by an assailant who was holding the weapon in his left hand. Spence explained to the court that Alexander Palmer was right-handed. David Spence QC agreed that the defendant's own writing had made him seem like a suspect in Peter Wrighton's murder. But the burden of proof lay with the prosecution. The barrister believed they had a purely circumstantial case. Spence warned jurors that suspicion alone should not make them think that Palmer was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and urged them to be cool, calm and dispassionate in reaching a verdict. In the prosecution's closing statement delivered by Stephen Spence, he contended that it was a random, out-of-the-blue killing committed by someone who had a weapon, a motive and was in the location at the exact time of the murder. Spence asserted that Alexander Palmer clearly had the desire and intention to kill dog walkers. Where the defence had described Palmer's writings as a form of therapy, the prosecutor called them a prophetic description of what happened to Peter Wrighton. Stephen Spence read an extract to the court. Murder. Murder, they call it, as they wrote up my ascendance to greatness my gift to you. They weren't even there to witness my art in all its glory, only its aftermath. I wonder what people will say for years to come. How did he? Why did he? The prosecutor added that whatever Palmer wanted to call it, Alex or Little Alex, It was the man sitting in the dock that was responsible. Spence told the jury there were no coincidences in the case. Alexander Palmer had expressed a desire to kill, drove to Harling Heath with a knife in the centre console of his car, tore out a dog walker's throat and stabbed him in the eyes to stop him staring. The jury was sent to deliberate and returned less than an hour later. For the murder of Peter Wrighton, Alexander Palmer was unanimously found guilty. Shaking his head as the verdict was read aloud, 
Palmer then told his family he loved them as he was taken from the courtroom. Palmer was to be sentenced the following day. Outside of the courtroom, Detective Superintendent Marina Erickson told reporters that she believed Palmer to be callous and extremely calculated in his approach to Peter Wrighton's death. She said, It was a premeditated and predatory killing. Palmer took the opportunity of Peter walking alone with no one else around to launch an attack on an elderly, frail man knowing he would be unable to defend himself. Officers first on the scene described the incident as an animal attack, and I think that description is still accurate. Palmer is a dangerous individual who was truly animalistic in his actions. With the murder taking place in a very rural location, the investigation was made more difficult by the lack of direct witnesses to this vicious attack. However, members of the public and local residents made over 300 calls to the force within the first days of Peter's death, and I am grateful for the information this provided the inquiry. No connection with the victim has ever been established, and limited forensic opportunities meant it took the full resources of the constabulary and mutual aid from other forces to locate and bring the right offender to justice. While I am pleased the jury have found Palmer guilty, our thoughts remain with Peter's loving family after such a devastating and incomprehensible loss. I can only hope that Peter's family and the local community can find some form of closure from the knowledge Palmer will spend a significant amount of time in jail. Detective Superintendent Erickson also spoke about how the attack and subsequent head injuries Palmer sustained in 2013 had a catastrophic effect on his mental health. After the verdict, Peter Wrighton's family addressed the media. As the snow fell, his daughter Carol offered a statement. My dad, Peter Wrighton, was viciously attacked and killed whilst walking his dogs. He quite simply was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The shock of it has been compounded by the fact he was such a lovely, gentle person who people always warmed to the most unlikely person to have something like that happen. We have all been struggling to come to terms with losing him in such a way. And our mum, his wife of 59 years, has been left bereft and lonely. Peter's daughter went on to say, We are so grateful to the police force for the huge amount of work they have done to achieve this result today and the kindness and understanding they have given us. I also want to thank local residents and dog walkers for their cooperation and support. 
However, the revelations of the evidence relating to the mental health of Alexander Palmer have shocked, astounded and angered us. Evidently an intelligent person, he was able to take himself off medication and get himself discharged from care. We feel this should not have happened and mental health professionals failed him, his family and our family. My mum, brother, myself and our children not only feel grief but anger as we believe this crime could have been prevented. Peter Wrighton's son Andrew said that the family felt sorry for Palmer's parents. Andrew explained that they had been through something similar and that it must be devastating for them. Still, he hoped that Palmer would be jailed for a long, long time and that a review of the case would identify any mistakes that could be prevented in future. At the sentencing hearing, David Spence, QC, who represented Alexander Palmer, told the court of the mitigating circumstances that should be considered when handing down a sentence. Spence said that his client was suffering from a mental disorder at the time and that there was plenty of evidence that he was psychotic. Palmer was supposed to be in a secure hospital on prescription medication awaiting a full diagnosis. The defence barrister said, at the time of the killing he was not taking antipsychotic medication. The side effects were deeply unpleasant and persistent. But for the assault on him by a fellow trainee commando back in March 2013, which would appear to have precipitated the onset of his mental disorder, you may think this offence might have been contemplated. There isn't any evidence of any aggressive conduct of this kind previously. He was of positive good character. He managed to qualify at a young age as a commando gunner in the artillery. Very few candidates pass that course each year, and he was one of 20 people that year who managed to qualify. That is quite an achievement and shows he had a lot of potential, which now won't be realised. Prosecution barrister Stephen Spence told the court of the aggravating factors, including a significant degree of planning, and Alexander Palmer targeted a vulnerable victim in that Peter Wrighton was a relatively frail elderly man. Prior to learning the minimum term he would have to serve before he could apply for parole, Mr Justice Goose addressed Alexander Palmer and said, You had stopped taking your medication, knowing that it caused an increase in your hallucinations. You planned this murder, having bought the knife and travelled to the scene to pick on a member of the public who was walking his dogs. You had thought where to go how you would carry it out and how you would leave the scene, disposing of the evidence to connect you with the attack. This was a callous and planned killing, 
you took a knife and drove to the scene for the sole purpose of murder. You attacked the deceased for no other reason than he was walking his dogs. At the age of 83 and slightly built, he was no match for the violence of your attack. Your offence was substantially aggravated in its seriousness. Firstly, by the fact that there was a significant degree of planning and of premeditation for this murder. Secondly, the victim was particularly vulnerable, being aged 83 and alone. Thirdly, by the extent of the savage violence you used to kill him. The judge sentenced Alexander Palmer to life in prison with a minimum term of 28 years. So where are we now? Peter and Anne Wrighton should have celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary in March 2018. With the support of her children and grandchildren, Anne bravely carried on caring for their beloved dogs Gemma and Dylan at the home she had shared with Peter. A buddy system was started in June 2018 to help dog walkers in Harling Heath feel more secure. In the aftermath of the trial, it emerged that Norfolk Police had been warned about Alexander Palmer on more than one occasion. Palmer's parents had alerted his mental health clinicians that he was collecting knives, but they were dismissed. The couple also told doctors that Palmer had stopped taking his medication, but no action was taken, as Palmer's parents were informed that care providers could only converse with the patient about his care. Palmer's mother and stepfather told BBC Lucise that they believed the psychologist treated Palmer like a teenager instead of a trained soldier and did not take the danger he posed seriously enough. They also said that they were concerned that their son was still not receiving the care he needed after being sentenced to life in prison. While incarcerated with the general population at Wakefield Jail in West Yorkshire, Palmer carved the word help into his arm and lost two stone within two weeks. Alexander Palmer's stepfather said it is Peter Wrighton's family who continues to pay the price for any failings in Alexander Palmer's care. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our new Patreon producer, Paul Costello, and everyone who supports us on Patreon. 
For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Morbidology is a weekly true crime podcast hosted by me, Emily G. Thompson, author of Unsolved Child Murders, Unsolved Murders, Cults Uncovered, and Mysteries Uncovered. 911 emergency. My son shot my husband. I need an ambulance. He's bleeding. Each week on Morbidology, I uncover a new true crime case using investigative research combined with source audio. I just snatched it from her. My side took it and it's like, I just hit her with it. Morbidology is a victim-focused podcast that mostly covers cases that aren't widely documented in mainstream media. I also like to take an in-depth look at any systemic failures which had a part to play in the crime. Do you know why you're here? For a uh, home invasion gone terribly wrong. Listen to Morbidology across all podcast platforms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.